The Unwanted Ones, written and narrated by Sadavi Kong. Episode 1, The Village Boy. I was a little boy once. I came of age when I was 8 years old, growing up in the Yuan floating villages on Lake Toneless Sap around Siem Diem. I'm 13 years old now, and I'm studying for my bar mitzvah. There is talk of Israeli forces withdrawing all their occupation from Cambodia. It has caused our elders panic, and caused me a great deal of worry for my brother, Ratha, who is still in the Black Hand. The Israelis have been known to supply this Jewish militia of ours with weapons and support. And now that there is talk of the Israelis moving out, I worry more about what will happen to my brother, even though Bob forbid me to see or speak to him. When you're little and naive, everything is new to you and amazing, even though terrible things happen all the time around you. So when a terrible thing does happen, you take it as if it caused the whole world to change, even though the world moves on with terrible things happening in it every day. It shouldn't be this way. Back then, I thought it unfair and unjust for the world, more precisely people, to move on when a terrible thing happens. People in the world should change, and for the better. The terrible thing that happened, that I thought changed the world, was when my uncle, Busam, was beaten and killed by a mob during a motorbike crash. My other uncle, Bu Neng, who was with him, said the crowd killed him because he was a Yuan, a Vietnamese. They all surrounded me and Sam, shouted Yuan, and then chased after him and me and beat us all up. Aunt Sophie dropped down on her knees and cried. Even though she muffled her cries while covering her face, it was still clear enough for me to hear, and then I started to cry too. Rafta punched the wall and tried to hold back his tears. Grandma scolded Rafta. Don't do that. The roof will come down. Grandma wrapped her arms around Aunt Sophie and said to her, Don't cry. Aunt Sophie was pregnant with Busan's baby for six months. She joked to me before that since I acted so much like a big brother to mom, following her around all the time, making sure she was safe, she would allow me to be a father figure for the baby. Don't worry, Aunt Sophie. I'll be the father for your baby and take care of it with you. I told her that as I wiped my wet face with the back of my hand and picked at my itchy nose. Don't talk nonsense! Rafta smacked the back of my head. His eyes still welled up with tears and his brown skin started to show red. Aunt Sophie reached out to me with open arms and I came towards her. I rested my chin on her shoulders. She hugged me tight and whispered to me, Help me take care of the baby. I thought Mom to be a little quiet and selfish sitting at the corner by herself. She held her brown teddy bear tight and uttered for some time, Ba promised me he would take me to the market. Where's Ba? Back then, I thought Mom to be too slow to pick up on things even if she was five years old. I wanted to smack her and wake her up, but instead I cried more. Busam's death must have hit Ba really hard. He stood there quiet and looked out the window. 
His eyes looked at something beyond the lake. I guessed he was looking back within his own memories of Busam. Busam was the youngest of three brothers. Bunang was the middle child, and Ba was the oldest. They were full-blooded Yuan, whose family lived in Cambodia for many generations. They all married Khmer women. Mat was the only one who was half Yuan and half Khmer, unlike Aunt Sophie and Aunt Ni, who were full Khmer. The sun started to come down, where it gave a nice orange color around the skies and the water around the houses. I remembered Ba telling Rafta and me that around those times when the sun set, Ba would take Busan when they were kids to teach Busan how to swim. It was difficult to get him used to swimming. I would push him into the water and try to hold on to him from panicking. He cried so much I had to punch him in the face. He had to learn. I can deal with a death from a loved one. But I cannot deal with a stupid death and to live in a house surrounded by water and to drown suddenly is a very stupid death. Dawn turned into night. The orange skies blackened and the wind became stronger. Rafta was in the kitchen. I could feel droplets of rain on my head that managed to come past the palm leaf roof. I asked my brother, was Busam's death stupid? What the hell are you saying? He punched me on the head and slapped my back several times. I yelped, then I cried. I made sure to cry loud enough for at least one of the female grown-ups in the family to notice. The females of the households mostly took my side due to what they considered my cute and handsome features. Whatever the hell that means. They said I inherited the best of both of my parents, while Rafta inherited the worst. They loved what they called my milky white skin that I got from Ba and my big black eyes I got from Ma. Rafta inherited from Ba's small black eyes and from Ma dark brown skin. I also had curly hair and pink cheeks that the women of the house teased about constantly. Unlucky for me, Ba came into the kitchen and he couldn't care less about my cute and handsome features. What is it? Why are you two making all this noise? Go to your bedroom and shut your mouths. We went to our room. Rafa went under the covers. I sat at the edge of the bed. Don't sleep near me. Rafa commanded. Go over there and sleep on the hammock. I told him. But I hate sleeping on the hammock. I want to sleep on the bed. You're not sleeping near me. He threw a pillow at me. I ducked and with mock laughter said to him, Haha, you missed. I got on the hammock and swung myself back and forth. My eyes started to grow weary and I fell asleep. I woke up from the shock of lightning that pounded the skies. The wind was so strong I could hear it wailing. I got scared and started to wake up Rafta. What? He growled at me. The storm caused the water to rock the house back and forth. I fell on my butt and told Rafta, I'm worried. You're always worried. Go to sleep. Can I sleep near you? Rafta became quiet, and then he opened the blankets. I ran to the bed and hid myself under the blankets. Ba had two buckets beside him. Grandma poured alcohol and water into both. Ba knelt beside Busan's body and started to unbutton his shirt. I looked closely and couldn't recognize Busan. The face was so mushed up with red and purple colors. 
Aunt Sophie unbuckled the belt and slid down the pants. All over his body were black and purple bruises. Aunt Sophie wiped off her tears. Ba handed her one bucket and gave her a rag. They started to clean the body. After they were done cleaning, they put Busam in white clothes. We all wore white too. The men lifted up Busan's body and put him into a wooden coffin. They shut the coffin up. They placed several cup glasses lined up on top of the coffin. The smell of lighted incense filled the room. There were food offerings on a big plate where the jar of incense sat on. The monk in a faded yellow robe was there. The prayers in the house lasted for two days. In early morning, when the sun started to rise again, Rafta and Buneng came by boat. Buneng burnt a blowtorch and it sent a signal for the men to carry the coffin out of the house. They carried the coffin out from the water and onto the land. Ani carried a yellow umbrella over the head of a man who carried the plate of incense and offerings. We arrived at the temple. We cried and gave our prayers for Busam. Mom nagged at Aunt Sophie. They can't bury him! Wake up and be She cried. I was annoyed with her during that time. The men placed the coffin into the ground, and one by one, for each of us that were close to Busam, we shoveled the dirt onto his coffin. Ani held a picture frame of a smiling Busam. She looked on, waiting for her turn to place the incense into the plot of dirt. We prayed as the wind brushed the incense smoke against our faces. Grandma released a rooster into the sky so that the wrongs committed by Busam would be taken by it, and Busam could go to heaven peacefully.